0: Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business Podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I wanna be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast, just go in. Tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. You are about to get a treat. Today's interview is going to be one that I believe should be one of the most powerful ones that you listen to. We like to bring you people who can talk actionable, but more importantly, who are relatable and can actually tell you real stories about what it's like, the evolution that you go through when actually deciding to build. You become a different person when you go from zero to a thousand, dollars a month in a side business that literally changes your world perspective on money
1: what got you here won't get you there what got you here will become a liability at scale and that goes for both your personal and professional life you can't live one way by day and another by night and expect results and i feel like those two things have rang true in both my personal and professional life
0: hey my name is chris williams and you are now listening to the grow your side business podcast I help ambitious employees grow a profitable side business. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, go check out growyoursidebusiness.com where we've got all the content, the tips, the strategies, and more. You're in the right place at the right time and we're here to help you grow a serious profitable side business. Let's listen to today's episode. You are about to get a treat. First of all, we dealt with all the tech stuff up free, and that's all good now. But listen, um, today's interview Um, is going to be one that I believe uh, should be one of the most powerful ones that, that you listen to, not because you're just watching the Grow Your Side Business show, but more importantly, because you know here, especially for those of you in the Side Business Builders group, you know we like to bring you people who can talk actionable, but more importantly, who are relatable and can actually tell you real stories about what it's like, not only building a business, but more importantly, The evolution that you go through when actually deciding to build. I think it's more important, you know, we've been talking lately uh, here in the group about the different uh, maturation phases that you go through as a person, because you become a different person when you go from zero to a thousand dollars a month in a side business that literally changes your world perspective on money. And then from that to 5,000, that to 10,000 and beyond, you become a different person. But here's the cool part. I like being able to find people that can actually help us through these conversations and these narratives. And many of you have gone and started that journey and you're going through that. And you kind of sometimes feel like, am I you know, being bougie? Am I being crazy? Am I being crit- What is happening to me? And it's just because you're going through the phases of entrepreneurship, welcome. <laughs> We're all uh, working through these particular parts. So listen, who I brought to you today is no stranger to taking risks uh, and being the person willing to put her neck out there for what she believes in spite of all the odds, right? Um, first of all, let me tell you about a little bit about who she is. Her name is Jessica Hurley. And I met Jessica uh, through a good friend of ours uh, at a couple of summits and some masterminds. And what was crazy was when I first saw her and I saw her speak on stage, I was like, okay, she seems cool, let's see if she's consistent. Cause I just like to know if people are consistent in the way they talk. I saw her again and I went, okay, she's different. And when I started following how she shows up on social media and I got a chance to meet her in person, let me give y'all a hint. She's the same person. That spoke volumes <laughs> to me, right? That spoke volumes to me. Cause I was like, okay, that means this is a person I can trust with you guys. And more importantly, she was going to be willing to share. So Jessica is the creative director and producer of some very interesting podcast. And when you hear some of the names, you're gonna be like, I had no clue that's who that is. It's definitely her. She's the founder of the EPYC Network. We'll talk about all of that. She's been a TEDx speaker. Um, and she has this really cool line in her byline that I thought that was really cool. Snatching souls for through storytelling. Let me tell you, we're going to figure out all of that because I just like the line, right? And the first time I saw it, I thought it was cool. And she's also the host of Rich in Real Life. Um, I actually have an acronym for Rich, and so I'll share that with her. But when I saw what she was doing, I was like, wow, this is pretty fascinating. I've seen her be interviewed. I've also seen her conduct interviews. And the thing that I like the most is not only is she consistent, but she's really ensuring that her guest get the most out of the conversation, that they leave thinking differently, that they leave with a different perspective. And y'all, the story is up from here because the stuff that she's already doing, this is just foundational work. What's gonna happen in the next five or 10 years, we probably will all from an entertainment perspective, from a business perspective, will have Jessica to thank for a lot of it. And guess what, hint, hint, She's well connected. So you guys want to listen to this conversation. (laughs) You want to hear more. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let me introduce you all to Jessica Hurley. Jessica, what's happening? And thank you for stopping by the show.
1: Listen, I usually get a lot of credit for being like the doing the best intros. Like they'll be like, oh, you can be my hype man on stage. And I just (laughs) listened to that. And I was like, you just gave me a run for my money. Hey, listen, we out here. here. When you like when you have to face the like, oh I did all that I did that like you forget yeah. when you're, but then you're like oh, okay, these things are starting to compile and it was yeah. I have I can't front it was nice to hear,
0: yeah absolutely well listen I, I
1: work on the road you know I'm on the road too so hey <laughs> ha, ha,
0: have money have I, money I, and I food will travel this. you know so <laughs> I like it um Jessica let me say this to start the conversation um first and foremost. I think the thing that I like about the way you show up on social media, um, our initial conversation about even booking this this discussion, I was really excited about having this, this, this interview because um, there's a lot going on right now around women's empowerment. It's been going on for like the last bubbling for like the last five years. Now, it's like a thing. I remember telling my wife uh, about two years ago, I was like, honey, uh, this train is gonna last about 10 years. And babe, squeeze every ounce of juice out of this thing. Because I'm telling you right now, women running the world, I don't care where you are, I don't care what industry you're in, I don't care what dude's got an ego, it's going to get smashed because women are running a lot of what's going on. And I, and I remember like being an advocate years ago, I was like, why are we still struggling with having a woman president? Uh, women make your life better as a man, I don't care who you are. Um, and I think (laughs) the thing that I like about what What you're doing with your your (laughs)
1: network.
0: Oh, listen, hundred percent. I think every man, every man changes because of a woman and every man is, is, has had fundamental changes. Uh, especially if it went wrong and you knew you were the wrong one and you let a good one go away. So that's a whole other conversation. This is not a relationship podcast, but the point is, is that, I think what what's ha- what I like about what you're doing with your network, you are highlighting different women for d- different reasons, and it's like taking a prism and putting it in the in the sun, and now we're getting like these different aspects that I don't see in other places. What you typically see is uh, women who are kind of focused on like getting to the bag, and then you see like the version of like. Uh, You know, I'm so hurt and traumatized. (laughs) And there's no in-between. No. There's no in-between, right? What I like about what you're doing is is you're showing the other aspects of like, hey, listen, we can actually build businesses and we don't have to tear each other down. We can actually do some stuff together and we can regularly make really good money if we're working together. But we also don't have to be braggadocious. We don't have to be uh we don't have to be uh not being women not being mothers not wanting no we can actually do this thing and we can all do this thing together and I think the blueprint that you are putting together right now I just got to give you a kudos up front because as I watch it I'm going this is what we should have saw our mothers doing right this is what we should have seen like political figure women doing like we this is this is the way it should look. In my mind, and I'm a guy, so I'm just speaking from my perspective, right? Right. I think this is what, like 10 years from now, when the Jessica Hurley documentary is put out, the businesses, the like, they're not gonna see competition. They're not gonna see, oh, she had to put some people down to get where she's got. It's like, no, she actually had people, we were all, y'all were all working together. And it was like, everybody was chipping away until all of a sudden it took off. I just appreciate what you're building now, because I think it's a blueprint for how, right, how women, old, young, middle-aged, don't care, how they should go about saying, that's not another woman over there that I got to defeat. I don't have to treat her like men with male ego, right? We see dominance, right? Men see dominance. Hey, if I'm out in the marketplace, you got to lose, I got to win. Yep. You're not coming at it from that perspective. So I just wanted to give you a kudos to that up front. and I know I gave a long introduction, but tell everybody really quickly who the heck is Jessica Hurley and what do you do?
1: So, if I could sum it up, I would say I am the co founder of a podcast network with the intention um, EPYC is Evolve Pasture Consciousness Media. And it is that we uplift and create the storytelling and strategy behind incredible creators and then connect them with the conscious listeners that are looking for them. Um, Because we attract really incredible people that are already doing really great work. Um, They may just be looking for another marketing channel like The Power of a Podcast. And so we help with that. So I'm the co-founder of an incredible podcast network for conscious creators I am the host of Rich in Real Life podcast, which has evolved, by the way. We didn't start as Rich in Real Life. My podcast used to be called The Stranded Phase, and then we evolved uh, to Rich in Real Life, and I can get into that later. And I am a woman who is obsessed with helping other women put words to feelings they feel that they don't quite understand. And so I don't mind throwing myself under the bus often and regularly when I am occurring and understanding and learning and healing and unraveling the 30 plus years and relearning all these new things. I don't mind throwing myself under the bus for the sake of other women. Um, so I am a woman that helps that's willing to share for that aspect. And I think the, at, at my most foundational piece, I am a mom who is trying to show you, trying to share how I'm balancing it all. And when it, when it works and when it doesn't, when balance, exi- balance exists, when it doesn't, when it's really hard to do it all, um, when it seems to be manageable and makes sense, oftentimes, hell, I don't know. But I think I am all of those things. I am a mom. I am a woman figuring it out. I am a woman trying to be emotionally intelligent and aware and operate at my highest best self all while... Uh, co-founding a podcast network that I want to empower women and their voices who are underrepresented and host my own podcast at the same time and serve my community.
0: You know, um, let's let's start uh, kind of in the middle of your story and I, and I will work our way around. Um, talk to me about, uh, first of all, when did you start your podcast? What year?
1: I started my podcast in 2018 and boy, it took me six months to get off the horse on that one. Like I recorded the episodes, listened to them, hated them. I had a partner at the time who was an entrepreneur and he was like, everybody comes over here saying they want one thing, but they end up here sitting on the couch for hours, listening to you talk. You need to put this mess on a podcast. And I was like, I'm a nonprofit director. Like nobody cares about me or who I am or what I have Mm. to say. And he was like, "Mm, not true. You need to put this thing on a podcast. And I remember finally sitting and recording my first episode and feeling like I was in timeout. Like he sat in the room with me, he made me record it. And I was just like, what do I do? Tell people who I am? Like, this is dumb (laughs) and recorded it, listened to it, thought it was awful. And he suggested, he said, why don't you put it on an audio file and play it in your car every day? And either one or two things will happen. You'll either think about how you can get better or you'll decide this is not for you. And I kept playing it And I was like, by the third or fourth time I played it, like three days later, I was like, I know how I can do this better. And so I went at it again. And so I finally launched the podcast in 2018.
0: So let's talk about why it took you six months because uh, I'm the kind of person that um, I didn't think about some of the things that a lot of other people struggle with when it comes to Allowing other people to hear their thoughts, other people to hear their voice, their actual opinion, right? Um, I was always highly opinionated as a kid. So coming up to podcast and was like, okay, cool. And I came from a radio background, right? Like I did radio on the side and I enjoyed it because I, I loved radio. What was going on for you that you were hesitant about those six months? What was going on in your head at the time?
1: Two things, neither of which were true. And I wanna share this part because somebody's going through this right now. One was, honey, who am I? Like, I'm nobody. Nobody wants to hear me talk. I don't have this network. I don't have these relationships. I don't have, who am I? I have no stories. I have no incredible tale to tell. I'm not rich. I'm not making a ton of money. I'm a nonprofit director. Like I have nothing to share that is valuable. So who am I and who's going to listen? That was one. Two, I thought in order for this to work, I had to go garner all these incredible guests to be able to have this like you know magnificent launch of like, well, I know this, I went to college with this one actor, maybe I can get him on. Like I I have this friend that is now lobbying to be high level in politics. Maybe I'll pull her in. Like I was trying to find the best of the best of the best of everyone that I had ever come across within my life. Cause I had to launch this show with a bang and I did, but here's the reality. Here's the best part. What I ended up finding months later was that, that held me up for no reason, because two, there was an audience waiting. that was two, three steps behind where I was two, They didn't care nothing to this day. My most popular guests that are like the most popular online typically get the least attention. The most powerful episodes I do are usually my solo episodes where a lot of my solo episodes come across as like Dear Diary episodes, I call them, where I'm just like, here's a discovery. Here's four reasons you're not moving forward. Like, here's my discovery. Here's what your journey looks like when you are wildly silenced because you're struggling and dancing with anger. Like. The solo episodes crushed or the episodes that I had with people that I deeply, truly admired. Maybe they didn't have this massive following, but we were able to have this incredible, transformative conversation because of it.
0: Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business Podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I wanna be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast, just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up. So um, I came into a realization probably second year in. I started my podcast in 2016. And about the second year in, I realized that it's, actually easy if you have a connection. I didn't have many connections, but it's actually easy on a podcast to hide behind your guest.
1: Woo! You're talking now. It's actually actually pretty easy. Why?
0: Because I can say, look at them, look at them, look at them. Here's what they failed. Oh, that sucks. I can't believe you did that, right? Like, It's easy to hide behind that. And I think the thing that I figured out was... You are
1: not building authority when you are interviewing people. Let me tell you something about a viewer. As you're watching this right now, if they watch this interview and they're like, man, she's good, not nobody, not a soul, will point out, man, he asked really good questions. Right. They don't notice. (laughs) They don't care. Rarely in the interview do you get to show your feelings, your authority, right. your incredible ability to have good questions. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like I I produce shows for a living. So this is one of the things I love to talk about because in the first season, they'll be like, you know, I just thought I would I would be a little more visible and I thought I'd get more sales. And I'm like, well, the show's hardly about you. It was literally <laughs> about what were all the incredible people you could bring on. Yeah, They didn't really get to know you more. Mm-hmm. They got to know all your guests because you played Enthusiast, you played audience enthusiast and audience advocate for this guest over yourself.
0: Mm, yeah. It's, listen, it, it was a, it was an interesting realization. And it was a realization because my first year I interviewed almost 40 CEOs. Oh! And yes, was that a cool thing to do? Absolutely. Yeah. Did I feel cool about it? Yes. But because I also didn't understand the business side of podcasting and because I didn't understand that um, it, there there should be a following, it should lead you somewhere. Nobody told me about like how to do this thing, right? Right. And so I remember when I finally came to that realization, I said, okay, Chris, then that means you got to be willing to put your opinions out to the world. And guess what? Not just put them out there because people can just say all kinds of stuff and don't really put any thought into it. you got to be willing to stand on that
1: because here's
0: the other realization that i realized with podcasting somebody's gonna come back to me seven years later and go chris you said you said and i gotta be okay with yeah i did say that yep because this is where i was and this is what i was thinking and this is the reason why i believe in what i believed right and if it ain't changed guess what it ain't changed right or I had an understanding later on, right? But I think the the thing is, and I, this is what I want you to speak to, Jessica, like help us understand why being comfortable with your own voice and putting it out there, no matter what the medium is, we're just talking about the medium of podcasting, but why that's so important for women? Because I'm a guy, listen, I, I'm i I'm the guy, I don't care, I'm gonna say what I feel, right? I don't mind sharing it. Now, I know how to articulate it in a way that doesn't come off brass, brass but as women, that's not normal. Like, it's not a normal thing for, I've watched your inter- I've watched you sit down and talk to yourself <laughs> on yeah. podcast. And oh, when yeah. I, t- some of the stuff that you say, and I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't know if that was, I don't know, but this is, this is real, right? Like, I know if we were sitting down having a conversation, you might say it, but you said it on camera, right? And so I'm, help us understand why that journey for women is so hard to first get comfortable with their own voice but then also find a medium to express exactly this is who I am and how I feel.
1: I think because it's a journey to be able to embrace that your, your pain, your weakness, and the less desirable version of you can lead to success. And I've, I've said this numerous times. I always say this and like, I think when you think of successful women, and I'm totally theorizing here, but I feel like successful women in their mid to late 30s, early 40s, when they have garnered a level of success that they are proud of, and they have that moment where they're like, yeah, this I think I did the thing. I think I'm where I thought I would be or better. When they go back and assess all the things they did that led to their success, usually when they look at like being overly emotional, Or being somewhat empathetic they're like that served me none i can push that off my plate i think that that version of us because you even said it and it's not your fault let me be clear chris this is not your fault but you said it you said there's a lot of women on the internet bantering and complaining and reliving and bonding off their trauma but i think there's a difference and women are so used to because of other women, right? We get so scared of oversharing because Lord don't let me give these women the bullets to load the clip with. Cause I might say something, you just said it yourself. I'm gonna say something that I'm opinionated about and somebody's gonna come back to me seven years later and be like, but you said. And I think women are just taught perfectionism. We're taught like be perfect, be pretty, be poised, be all these things. And then, and only then be productive. Like here are all the things that make you valuable, but the emotional parts of you, the oversharing parts of you, the things that are going to make you other women's damage control and probably the most relatable, the reasons why women are allowed to sit in circles and drink wine for hours and have the time of their lives and create the same level of intimacy that they could with a partner with other women. And men can't do that. Is literally the thing that they feel like is not welcomed in society. But it is our superpower. It is our literal superpower. And the only thing women have, it, have to be willing to give up, and this may not be for everybody, but I know it was the thing for me, was having control over that. Because you're either getting a ver- a poised version of me that I have perfected to please you with, or you're getting all of me. And of course, there are some things I reserve to myself, but I decided a long time ago that in order for me to be a vessel, in order for me to be able to use these words to help you put words to the things that you feel for years, I'm talking about decades sometimes, put words to feelings you have that you don't understand, I'm gonna have to be willing to be wrong. I'm gonna have to come off as a weak, emotional, pained woman from time to time. I'm gonna have to let folks take these as bullets and load the clip with it and still be like, was it worth it if a couple women were able to able to understand themselves on a level better than they've ever been able to articulate? And a few women, women used it against me. And I had to decide. I was like, I know I'm a vessel. So I'm will I'm willing to lay that down. Hmm. And then, and then the other part of me having this network was realizing like, you can articulate some things really well, but there's, I was meeting folks that can articulate things that I'm like, wow. Like I'm a nerd when it comes to the way that people articulate their Like I'm, I will watch people stage presence all day. You know, I love me some Brene Brown like Brene Brown, Oprah, like Glennon Doyle, like I love it. And I love to watch the way that they do these things. And so I was meeting other women and I'm like, oh, you're an artist in your craft. We just need to give you a platform to put it on because podcasts, and we you didn't ask me this, but podcasts are comparable to books, not Instagram. You go to read a book because you want the in-depth version. Podcasts are the in-depth version. They are not the five-minute, two-minute reel on social media. And so it has just become my mission that like women are each other's damage control. We can create intimacy with each other, I'm telling you, on a level that we desire in partnership with the same sex when we are just willing to be authentically ourselves, not the version that we people-please with not the people, not the version of us that is, can has been told forever that is less desirable when men or women have told us like, you're being a little emotional right now. You're sharing a little too much. When we can become okay with that version of ourselves, there is there is a ridiculous amount of freedom in that.
0: Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right, you got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what, you're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are well listen i decided to create a community that's right i have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us it is called successfully discontent go to successfullydiscontent.com right now it's free it's a free newsletter you'll get it every single week tips tricks strategies Information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this, and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I wanna be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast, just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. I find it interesting that you said a less desirable version of you can lead to success. Let's talk about that for a second because I want to understand yeah. and I want our audience to understand what that means because I, yes, I hear Brene and you. I hear vulnerability. I hear... Um, a way to show up off authentically, but I think the thing that I'm, you know, I want to make sure that we unpack is, okay, a less desirable version of you can lead to success. Well, in my mind, I naturally go, well, how in the heck does that turn into a business? Because that doesn't sound like it becomes something that um, that can actually be profitable, right? Um, so, so let's unpack that. What what does that mean, and how how does a woman get there?
1: I love, I oof, I love what you just said, cause this is what I saw when you said this, how does a less desirable version of you become profitable? Easy. When you seek to embrace the less desirable version of you, your shadows, whatever you call them, you typically seek to own, embrace, acknowledge, and then make them a little bit better, right? So if I can, let's take a very surface level thing. Let's say, for example, you say to me, you've known me for 10 years and you're like, Jessica, I ain't gonna lie, you ain't never been on time to nothing and you don't ever meet deadlines. Maybe there's something very clear in the fact that the less desirable version of me to the public facing eye is that I struggle with time management. Maybe I'm blind to time. Maybe I just struggle period. When I can sit, acknowledge, own, embrace, and look and seek to fix that, okay, this is a part of me. It's not who I am, it's not my identity, but it is a less desirable version of me. How can I resolve this? usually the thing that we want to become better at that we become a student to the thing that we're willing to study is because it's something that we want to be better at when we become better at it there's nothing better to be profitable off of off of something that you can authentically teach that you decided to get better at yourself so if i said okay i'm going to manage my time like a rock star because i see where this keeps holding me back if i could manage my time better like x y and z I bet I would be better at all of these other things. And I decide that I'm going to change my habits, my hobbies, my understanding of time management, and I become incredible at it. Why wouldn't I be the best person to teach it if I was able to transform myself in that way? Same thing with my CPA. I'm like, you are so incredible at this. What got you into this? Did you go to school for this? No, I just got tired of screwing up my own stuff. And I decided to study it because after three years of screwing it up, I was like, I'm not letting this happen again. And then I got so good at it, I started teaching other people. Who's a better person than someone that has studied and acknowledged and made visible their own weaknesses, changed them, transformed them on their own, been willing to acknowledge who's a better person to teach that to to then make it profitable than the person that has gone through that themselves.
0: I, okay so man okay <laughs> so this is good because um you know here on the grow your side business show one of the things I'm I am all i have been really pushing lately is about um expanding what's possible with your skill set mm. right like I um I come from a corporate background so uh a lot of times because we've spent the money on the degree that st- we're still paying for decades later. And because we maybe I got a master's degree. Yeah, we've been, we've been, we've been um uh told at a boy and at a girl for so many years and we've climbed that corporate ladder. We think, well, this is the only place that I can apply this skill set. This is the only place that will give me the quote unquote either validation or money that I can apply this skill to. Um, And so the fact that you're talking about it from the standpoint of saying, hey, guess what? It's not just your skill set. It's also the things that you've been learning along the way that also can be profitable to somebody else. I like what you're saying, because the thing that it makes me think about as you were saying that is, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that I can be getting paid along my learning journey because there's other people? You said something and I don't know if you meant to say it, but I heard it. You said, I'm just a little bit ahead. Other yeah. people who probably need what I got right now, correct. And I think that that's such a man. That's like a massive difference in understanding, like what I bring to the table, whether it be my skills, whether it be whatever I'm learning and building a business. Right. Um, I think that's so awesome. Here's part two of my question with that, though. So if I'm if I'm if I'm gonna take the less part of me, share it. That sounds like documenting. That sounds like you know putting on social media. That talks about that's kind of my journey. People are gonna be attracted to that. How do I get over, Jessica, the idea that somebody's gonna want my help, but I don't feel like I'm the person that should be helping you because I still struggle, Jessica, with dealing with time management. Jessica, I still struggle with handling my money. How am I gonna tell somebody, even though I'm the CPA, how am I gonna tell you, because you're interested in what I'm doing, how to manage yours, when I still feel like I'm seriously inadequate in this area.
1: I think that's a real mirror moment. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. And I think you figured this out and I know I've figured this out is like, this journey is the, entrepreneurship is, that's what they're calling it, jokes on you. It's truly the best self-development journey disguised as entrepreneurship. Like entrepreneurship is like, do you see yourself? Do you see this BS that you're doing? Do you see where these things aren't working? The thing is, is you can hide behind that. Just like you said, you can hide behind an interview as a host with your guests, you can hide behind some of your BS at a job. You can't hide behind it in entrepreneurship. So here's the reality. And this might not be what your audience wants to hear, but it's cute. If you feel inadequate, that is all on you. Like, are we ever going to be perfect? No. Should we ever be out here doing half-ass work? Absolutely not. But you are always going to be a couple steps ahead and you are only gonna get better with practice. But entrepreneurship won't let you thrive, you won't survive, nor will you get even close to thriving. If you cannot get better regularly and own the insecurities that you are burdened with, that you are not in a performative place of being able to show up for somebody else, that you are not getting better every day. That if you don't know this stuff like the back of your hand, and you're not practicing it regularly, then maybe you're not the person to teach it because you will not survive entrepreneurship. Let me tell you what you won't do. You won't survive entrepreneurship with a lack of confidence. And everyone has said this, I'm sure someone has come come on your podcast and said this, but you do not, confidence is a muscle, you build on it. You don't build confidence without clarity and trying and learning over and over and over again. So, the better, the more practice you have, the more clarity you have, the more you will wipe away those insecurities because nobody will be able to tell you about your journey or your story or your skill set when you are committed to being the best in this space. Does
0: that make sense? Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your, on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right, I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free, it's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, Information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That successfully discontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this, and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business Podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I wanna be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast, just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did, so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Totally agree. Um, let's 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 take a quick pivot. So, um, I read your Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of things that you wrote. Um, I'd like uh, for you to expand on some of these ideas, yeah. if you don't mind. Um, so them. there's a couple in in back in April that I thought that were were pretty interesting. Um, uh, the the first one that I'll mention was uh, back uh, I believe this was April 28th when I looked at this one. Um, you said I'll just read like the first paragraph and I just want you to kind of talk to this. So you said Truth Bomb time. Uh, I've been in a, had a front row seat uh, to the journeys of uh, countless creators. And let me tell you, some are genuinely changing lives, while others, not so much. Carbon copies and fresh off the bookshelf
1: experts,
0: yeah, we see you. I'm um, gonna <laughs> <laughs> stop I was right crazy. there, right? I
1: was spicy that day, <laughs> feeling a,
0: feeling a little good right there, right?
1: Good. Um, I was spicy. B- but
0: I, I I wanna I wanna I wanna explore this because, mm-hmm. um. I would imagine my thought would be, well, what's wrong with me, Jessica, being a carbon copy of somebody that I look up to that is successful, that is doing something that I'm interested in? What's wrong with me? You know, if they have uh, programs or things that they, they have allowed us to be able to tap into and then I can actually provide that. Like, what's wrong with me being a carbon copy of success? Why? Why? Tell, help me, Jessica, like I, I don't understand if everybody's saying follow the leader. Well, I'm following the leader, but you're telling me, hey, you you know, we see you, right? Help us understand what, what put that in context of that quote of what you shared that day and help us understand how is it that somebody could still follow the leader, um, but still show up, you know, as themselves
1: absolutely i actually think you just said it when i said carbon copy what i meant was you and i both know and we all know there's a lot of people out there like weren't you just telling people how to build an email list yesterday and now all of a sudden it's tarot and then oh now it's like people that have shiny object syndrome or we've all experienced this as creators where it's like oh somebody went through my course and six months later i see them selling the exact same thing when they had never done it themselves So you went through a program and said, oh, I could do this. I could mimic this easily and went and recreated it yourself and tried to market yourself as the expert. I think that's what I meant by carbon copies. I've met a lot of people where I'm like, you weren't doing that three months ago. Let me be clear though, that there's a time and a place to pivot, right? We all gotta pivot. We gotta grow sometimes. Like there's a place where the buck stops and you either stop with it or you gotta pivot and grow and expand. And sometimes because of that, you gotta make some changes. I think that's different, but the carbon copy folks, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, where did you come from out of the woodwork doing the exact same thing or doing the thing that is the shiny object that everybody is doing right now that you have never, we know that that's not what you do, right? And this is not to say, don't enter a saturated market. This is different because you and I, both being in the coaching space at times, have heard this where people are like, oh, there's too many people in real estate. I don't wanna do real estate or there's too many podcasts, you might miss your opportunity or your potential passion being hard pressed on an on an oversaturated market. Because let me tell you, baby, everything is saturated. Everything is saturated. Everybody is doing something. Everybody has the opportunity to create now. But are you using your sauce? Are you using your uniqueness? Are you like, have you put your unique spin on things, and you've seen these quotes on the internet, nobody can be you, somebody can do the blueprint, they can carbon copy everything that you've done, but they cannot be you. Where passion and profitability intersect is you, your uniqueness. So are you copying something because you saw that it was profitable? Or are you doing something that you know you can be effortlessly good at? And I don't know if anyone's ever read The Big Leap, but this is a great book to read about this because he talks about your zone of genius or your zone of excellence versus your zone of genius and how the majority of us will think we found our thing but we'll end up stuck our entire lives in our in the zone of excellence because we we end up landing in and staying stuck in the thing that we're applauded for versus the thing that we are created for
0: Okay, first of all, stuck in the thing that we're applauded for instead of what we're created for. Yeah, that'll be on Instagram later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do appreciate that that thought because um, we do live in a world where, by the way, uh, for all of those who are watching this and will see this somewhere in your near future, um, this is not to say, and I don't think Jessica is saying this at all, it's not to say that, if you are leading people and teaching people how to build a business mm-hmm. in a particular niche that we're not talking about you. Um, no. it's the people who are going from coaching program, who coaching program to coaching program, to this thing, to that thing. And all of a sudden now they sell 10 things in a span of five yeah. months. It's like, hold on, player, figure something out. Right. Um, right. and some of that, I will say, I, I remember feeling, uh, falling victim to that years ago because I was, I was waiting, I was, uh, you know, all of this stuff is gonna work at some point, right? Like I was worried about like missing something, right? Cause you would yeah. see these trends and people are jumping on this. Worried and, um, about our...
1: missing something, that yes. part.
0: Worried about that. missing something, like honestly.
1: Yes. Just worried about missing worried. something. Because you're on every trend. And it's like, when you are purely walking in the thing that God created you for, baby, let me tell you, you don't feel called to move off of anything. Yeah. You're like, let him do it. That's not yeah. me. like this trend will come and go and i will still be good at what i'm good at and i will still be me and these people will jump on this this merry-go-round and get back off and i'll still be right here (laughs)
0: that's right good point like
1: that's that's a different level of confidence in your creations yeah and letting them
0: flourish right things take time you know a bamboo tree takes seven years before you even see anything so you stop watering like what what sense does that make right I, now I want to go. I want to go back because there's there's Jessica today who's found herself. There was Jessica uh, when you started in 2018 with this idea of a podcast, trying to figure out that voice and tone. Let's go before that. Who was where? Where was Jessica working? What was she doing uh, in her everyday world? Um, and then you know, I want to I want to also dive into. Um, becoming a parent but also seeing entrepreneurship cuz that's there's some nuances when you become a parent and still trying to pursue entrepreneurship journeys there there are some nuances and I think uh there might be some things there so talk to us about what what were you doing where were you working who who were you what was what was kind of your everyday world looking like
1: Yeah. So I was, um, I was a national, I was a director for a national nonprofit at the time. Um, Great organization, uh, literally helped um, at risk youth that were constantly in trouble. um, Usually we're averaging five to seven felonies under the age of 17, but you would, I would say that and people would be wild, but it was truly based on their environment and the factors in their environment. And so we were Uh, the organization helped them. And we were in almost all 50 states. Um, And I was the national nonprofit director. So I was, I was the voice um, or sorry, not national nonprofit nonprofit director. I was a national director for partnership development for the nonprofit. And so I was the voice. I went around doing doing a lot of the talking to build a lot of the relationships for the organizations that either partnered with us on a financial level or partnered with us to be a part of our service. Um, And so I'm doing that for five years. I also go back to school and get my master's degree because just like many of you listening, I was taught, I was never taught entrepreneurship. I thought that the way and the only way was to get as many degrees as possible, work my way up and build on that journey and that expertise. And so I was 25, went back and got my master's degree, working for this organization, 50% travel, and I get pregnant at 27 and with my son. And while I can joke now and tell you that six months after, I looked back and thought, how did I have the audacity before this child to say that I was ever busy? Because (laughs) what was I doing with my spare time before this? Because trying to build a business with an infant felt like the craziest thing I had ever done. That was really when the fire in me started He was never, while while he felt like a burden at times, he was never the burden, he was the why. He was the why. Like, after I saw what my son went through, I was like, God, if you fix this, I will spend the rest of my life showing you why. And just going back to my regular job, no offense, there's nothing wrong with it, but going back to my regular job after witnessing what my son went through and how resilient he was felt like I had had a glimpse that life was way more than what it had been thus far. And I was given a window of opportunity to do more. And I decided I wanted to do more.
0: Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your, on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right, I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free, it's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, Information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That successfully discontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this, and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. Man, okay, this isn't that po- the podcast. We I, clearly we're gonna do a part two, um, because so I guess the thing that I think about when you tell that story is, um, you mentioned that he, he he wasn't that he was a distraction. It was that he became the why.
1: Yeah.
0: Did you did you boil it down to a sentence? At that point, when you realized he became the fire, like what was the reason that he became your why? Was it because you wanted to give him a better life? Like what was the thing that said I'm I'm still gonna go this route, <laughs> but it's because of him. What what was that for you?
1: It put a magnifying glass on everything that I had ever done because my son almost died. So he was born mm-hmm. um, when I was 26 weeks pregnant. So he was a pound and a half when he was born. So he spent 90 days, almost 90 days in the neo uh, intensive care unit, neonatal intensive care unit. And the first 30 of those days, I would talk to a doctor every day. And I would always say, they would give me this whole rundown and I would say at the end, so do we, are we on a good track? Do we feel like he's going to make it? And they would always say, I'm not at liberty to tell you that yet. We're not in a state where we can tell you that yet. 30 of those 90 days were unpredictable. And so I just remember praying to God often, God, if you get my son out of this, I promise I'll spend the rest of like, if he, if you can help him be this resilient through this process, I will spend the rest of my life showing you and him why, and I will not take life for granted. And when he came home three months later, it was like, he came home and I hit the ground running because it made me feel like every, every moment before that I had been asleep. I had been accepting life for what it was. I had been taking life as it came, not taking charge, not leading, not taking control. not and It's not that you have to control everything, but I was just taking what was given to me versus stepping into what I was created for and, and really walking in it. I was like, man, I've really been settling. And so I just moved different after that. And I told myself I would, I would move I would spend the rest of my life moving different for the if that little boy can enter this world and be that resilient with his first time on this earth, as a 30 year old, I can spend the rest of my life showing him it was worth it.
0: That that's that's amazing. And and thank you for sharing that. Cause I I, I would imagine there's a lot of mamas who feel that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and for most people who choose so because okay. People. Some people choose the entrepreneurship route, mm-hmm. and their day working friends think they're crazy.
1: All my friends thought I was crazy.
0: I was gonna <laughs> say I would think most people would have thought you were absolutely crazy because Not- you got a little one, and you still gonna go this route. Like, please check a temperature daily, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just so I just applaud you for 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 having that resolve. Let's talk about um, some things you learned about Jessica along this Oof. route, um, because you know my audience are they're high achieving at work. They're um they they've got it going on corporately. Um, we just launched, and you didn't know this, but uh, we we launched this week uh, successfully. Discontent, our newsletter. Ooh. um, and I'm really excited about it. Um, because it's my opportunity to be able to share with people like uh that's the that's the moment most people are having in corporate. They're they got the job, the house, the title, the car, but something's still missing. And it's because you finally became successfully discontent. Ooh. And um I I I know the time, the date, the place, I know exactly where I was when I finally felt it. Yep. And I, I'd like for you to be able to just share like um, your thoughts on, you know, where somebody might be if they're successfully discontent. Why, Why they should lean into it and not dismiss it, right? Because it sounds like you've been that person that in your own path, you were discontent, but you didn't shy from it. Like, so let's talk about, like, share some things about, like, how did you get there? How did you you know, what are some of these things that you learned along this journey about yourself that you were like, okay, I, I got I got that now, right? Like now that part of me is crystal clear. I see it, I might not like it, but at least I know that's me, right? Let's, I, I just would like to hear some of this. I think it's gonna help somebody, no matter whether they're listening at the, at the job right now, no matter whether they're listening on the way home from work or to work, um, to know that they're not by themselves, right? Like it's not a, right. when you come to that realization, It's not like you're by yourself, you just feel by yourself because you're like, I'm just now coming into this realization. Even though everybody around me might not feel that way or at least not admitting Mm -hmm. to it, right? So what have you learned?
1: So I do want to bring this to everyone's attention and I don't want to put anyone in a bad spot in their position right now. But there was two different moments in my corporate career that I wanted to walk away. And they were wildly night and day. And looking back on them, I'm like, this makes so much sense there was a time where logically the first time where logically it felt like it made so much sense to walk away because one I did what most people are probably doing right now I started a business on the side I started my podcast so I told you guys I started my podcast in 2018 I started a coaching business alongside my podcast as a result and I didn't quit my corporate job until a year later in 2019 so this is so funny I remember thinking at the end of 2018 I have seven coaching clients a month. I have a full-time job. I have a, I think my son at the time was almost a year old. I am in a relationship. I'm juggling all of this. It only makes sense to quit my job. I literally could write down the numbers on paper and be like, well, I make $5,000, $6,000 a month, take home, I'm coaching someone at $500 an hour. I got seven clients. That's 3,500. If I quit my job and I have more hours and I can coach 14 to 15 clients, I can make my money. This makes so much sense. It's logically on paper. The numbers make sense. I should quit. And I remember going to my partner at the time and he was like, you're not ready. And he was an entrepreneur. So unfortunately I had to take heed to that and I couldn't figure out why I was like, No, I'm ready. Look, the numbers make sense. And he was like, you're not ready. You're not ready. Oh, I was mad. I was like, no, you always say I should have money and I should, it's right here. No, you're not ready. So I sat in it and I kept working and I kept coaching and I stayed the course, but boy was I annoyed. And I was like, all right, there's something on the other side of this. God will figure it out. So I sat through it all the way through 2018 come 2019, something started to change. I started because I was consistent for the sole reason that I was consistent. I started getting get invited to speak at events. My podcast became a little bit louder and then my world started to collide and I was getting like kind of shamed at work because I was becoming more and more visible. I was now hosting a women's event where there was like 100 women at the event while I was in a corporate job. And so my job was starting to really like feel it. And I just had this moment, which was about eight months after the first time I tried to do it. And I was in a meeting and I had helped write a grant that we just got news the day before that we were awarded it. I was in a meeting, before this meeting being praised that our organization got 1.5 million dollars because of one girl and me y'all did it we're now on the call with the grant provider and they're going through the list of all the things that we need to do to meet these requirements and i cannot focus and this is for women especially i'm going to give it i'm going to give it i'm going to tie this to like When you are in an argument and you feel something coming up and you cannot swallow it you're like this has to come up right now it was like my mental my logical my emotional side it was like they all came together and i'm sitting at this table trying to refocus my brain way more than distracted and i cannot stop thinking about my future as a business owner as an entrepreneur i can't I can't care that I met this major benchmark. Everything in my body was literally like, you need to walk away right now. You need to say something right now. You're done. You can't function like this. And a week before that, someone had said something to me. They said, you know it's time to walk away when you could honestly admit that you are hurting the organization more than you are helping it because if someone else took your place they'd do a better job not because you're not good at it but because someone could give it more time more effort and more love than you can right now and that whole week i had spent thinking like i definitely think i'm at the point where somebody could do my job better than me because my mind is somewhere else and i sat in that meeting and i was like it doesn't matter how many more benchmarks i meet here it's not that I'm not pleasing the people that I work for is it's not pleasing me. It's not doing anything for me anymore. So am I gonna take this energy and shift it and be a little bit delusional and believe that all of this means something? It has to, you have to be delusional. You gotta have a little bit of like delulu. I heard that the other day and laughed so hard cause I was like, it's so true. You have to be a little bit delusional to make this thing work constantly. And I had that moment sitting in that desk and when I let it go, my manager walked out and I literally jumped out of my chair and followed her outside. No plan, no nothing. I walked up to her and I was like, hey, I um, I gotta tell you something. She was on a smoke break. I literally followed her outside and was like, I, I'm, I'm putting in my notice. She dropped her cigarette on the ground. She was like, what? After we just won that, a- what? I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I can't even focus anymore. I'm done. And it was just, I knew it from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet even if i do this and i fail at least i tried because it's better than the position i'm in right now which is that i've worked my way all the way up to this position to feel like there's nothing else i can do in this position that somebody probably couldn't do better because they would have more of a passion and a love for this that i no longer have
0: i i man That, that, like, okay. I'm gonna ask one further question on that. Mm -hmm. At the moment that you felt like verbally throwing up Mm -hmm. and- Exactly what it felt like. Yeah, the the conscious awareness of, I gotta go say something now. Now. Have you given any thoughts since that moment? What would've happened if I wouldn't have had that conversation?
1: Oh my God, the level of misery. Let me tell your audience this, maybe this will be helpful. The fear that you have about the thing, the, the fear that you have in the deepest, darkest place says, if I do this and I have that moment where the money ain't money and it don't make sense, and I don't make the same amount of money for a month or months to come, that that pull me out of the position I'm in, I can't live with myself at that point because you're on a hamster wheel and you've been going and going and going and that's how you've been gassing this whole thing, the house, the car, the life, the kids, you've been running on this hamster wheel so fast and you've, you've gotten ahead far enough, you think, that you can keep this thing running. And you're like, if I get off and it stops, Everything falls apart. I'm going to tell you something that is really going to hurt your feelings. I have yet to meet someone where that didn't happen. It will happen. It will. And it will feel as awful as you think it's gonna feel. I am not here to sugarcoat this part because I had it happen. I, Everyone I know has had it happen. I did this entire business dissect thing with a friend a year after I started my business. And when I wrote those numbers down and I pulled all those numbers together, we pulled all those KPIs together. I was in a ball on the floor crying when I found out I left my $75,000 a year job, which was great at 2018. That was great to be 27 and making that much money. $75,000 a year job to make $40,000 in a year and to spend 25 of it running the business. So I barely profited 15 And I'm on the floor like, what did you do? And I had the whole breakdown in front of my friend. I got a master's degree. It's fine. I'll just go back and get a job. This was the dumbest thing I've ever did. Like, I can't believe I thought I could do this. I put a whole 365 days in it and this is what I got. I'm an idiot, but it's okay. I have this master's degree. I'll just go back and get a job. And she put me in a corner and she was like, you got two options right now. You can either go get this job that you think is going to be better than what you've done, or you can chalk up this year as the greatest lesson that you've ever had and figure out what you're going to do differently and give the next three months all you got. And what's so funny about that is we can be so closed-minded because when I got out of my own damn way, two days later, I realized all the missed opportunities I had just having a conversation. When I got out of my own damn way, when I let the fear settle, right? If you've ever read the book, Letting Go, there's this amazing analogy about like, just let the fear settle, let it feel it. Like stop shaming yourself for the feeling and just let yourself feel it. When I let the fear settle and I was like, you're scared shitless and it's okay because now you're at the bottom. You can either, it can all fall apart, it's done, or you can make this shit work. And I remember going back through emails and I'm like, I have all these people that I haven't followed up with. What if I spent the next 24 hours following up with the last 70 plus people I've talked to this year? And I sat down for a whole day and spent wrote this really nice, thoughtful email going into the new year of 2020, going into 2019, I think. This really thoughtful email to every person that I had ever talked to on the phone that year. I had 12 people reply. Six of them asked to get on a phone call. I closed two of them within a week. Like when I let the fear settle and I got out of my own way, I started to make shit happen. And I've never had a year like that since. That is utterly amazing. You have to go through that to realize what this is really like. You have to. If you think it's scary, it is. It's so scary. And then you have that moment and you get over that hump and you learn to move different after that. Mm. And it's not that you just, you, there's a dog in every single one of us. And I'm gonna tell you right now, and I'm, I hope I'm not offensive, but there's a dog in you that hasn't come to life because of that job that you're in. When you are fighting for your own thing, it's a different game. You either go fight yeah. for somebody else's, or you're gonna fight for your own. And when you find yourself on the floor, You'll be like, okay, I'm tired of my own shit. Not another day like this. And you will move accordingly. Best thing that ever happened to me. But it's Mm. unavoidable, I promise.
0: You know, um, wow. I think the reason why I like what you're saying, first of all, I I told y'all, okay, let me look at the camera one more time. I said (laughs) to y'all before this interview started, she was gonna be honest. Don't blame me if you don't like what she just said. Um, But what I will say is this. Um, Because you hit the bottom, you have nothing else to lose. Yep. Which is where most of us need to get to. Yes. We need to get to, uh, and it happens in different phases of our lives, right? Right. Um, You know, I've had, unfortunately, I had a good friend of mine uh, pass away uh, from uh, stage four cancer. She had an incredible business. Um, I mean, she was, I mean, her business was crushing. And she found out in the middle of it that she was, um, she was terminal. And watching her grieve, accept, and go forward. I think those are the three steps that you're talking about. You grieve the loss of the job or the businesses and making the money that you thought it would, right?
1: You grieve the version of you that you think people find successful.
0: That's the other part. I think, unfortunately, more of the anguish is how will other people view me, Jessica, if I leave this $100,000 a year job and I'm eating tuna for a little while? How will other people view me if I, if I have to uh, change up what I'm doing for a while? Uh, Jessica, I always go to the corporate this and the corporate that. I've been this person in my neighborhood. I've done that part hurts way more than probably any of the other stuff that you go through. And it's because the perception we have of ourselves to other people and the status quo of whatever we built up. And to be, can I bring in another area that you probably didn't say that I think sometimes we gotta be honest about? We're worried about what's gonna, we we use our kids. We throw our kids in front of it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, my kids gotta eat and my kids gotta do whatever. And I'm not saying don't do for your kids. What I am saying is sometimes we use them as a crutch hmm hmm It's really easy to use your kids as a crutch for why you can't or why you won't or what would happen if, right? And I think that um, for those of us who didn't grow up surviving, you we don't understand why you need what Jessica just laid out. Sometimes we need a rock bottom moment to get us to get comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. Comfortable with the fact that I'm here, right? <laughs> but yep. uncomfortable with the fact that I ain't staying here.
1: I'm not staying here.
0: I'm not gonna I stay really- here. Right? Um man, that was that was that was well said. Well said. Um let's talk about Jessica, some of these personalities that you found to be on this network. Uh, because I, I think I, I've seen okay, so you you've done you've done some things that i think is pretty interesting like um i'm blanking on the woman's name right now she uh black woman that you have on your network she's incredible um and i've heard some of the yeah it's it's just some of the ways that you approach those conversations i'm like man this is really interesting because Black women face the hardest d- difficulties of corporate climbing, especially if they got a voice and they own it, and they're willing to be authentic. And you ain't gonna, you know, tell them exactly what to do. People get intimidated by that kind of stuff, right? Like, and I've just seen the way you've been able to um, allow people to be able to shine. Talk about some of the shows that you built out, um, and how did you get there? Because you, first of all, Jessica was just getting comfortable with her own doggone on podcast. How did you get into this idea of saying, I'm going to help other podcast people? And who was like the first person that you did a conversation with about, hey, I'm about to start this thing and I'd love to, you know, help you with your podcast. Like, talk to us about that journey because I just think it's such an interesting perspective given you just got comfortable with yourself.
1: So um, I always say that I love when I go to conferences and I see people that are like, and this will be good for my corporate folks because they probably feel similar. Is when I when people are like, I always knew I was like this. I had a lemonade stand and a T-shirt business from the time I was twelve, and blah 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 blah. Baby, not me, never me. I was never like that. But everything has always been disguised. Like I always, I'm always like, I am an entrepreneur by accident. I'm just like, you got a problem? Let me fix it. I can figure it out. And then I'm over here solving problems and somebody's like, oh, you know what? Hey, that's a really good way to do things. I really like that. And you just get better and better at it. And lo and behold, you have created something incredible that people need, right? Because people are always looking for done for you, convenient, all the things. And so I didn't set out, I joke all the time. God's God's vision for you is typically bigger than anything you can conceptualize. And had I ever fallen into or stayed with my small vision, I would have sold myself short. As there are two things I'm living in my life right now. Three, that I never put on any vision board. I never thought I'd be living in a condo with uh, floor to ceiling windows. I never thought that I would run a podcast network or a podcast agency. Never did I ever aspire to do that. And I never thought I'd have a son. And I have all three of those things. And the podcast production company was literally birthed by accident because I had a guest on my show, and I'll mention her name because she's widely respected. She's an incredible creator, and she is the reason why I started InstaPodcasts in 2018. I had Ronnie Brown as a guest on my podcast, and I don't know if anyone knows who she is. Um, she's the founder of Girl CEO and the host of Girl CEO podcast, and. She was, I had asked her to be a guest, reached out to her when I had 1700 followers. She's a very sweet soul, so she said yes. My podcast was only six months old and she reached, uh, after the episode aired, back then we only had, back then, it was five years ago, we only had audiograms. There was no like full video, virtual Zoom interviews. It was like, you promoted an episode with an audiogram. The marketing material comes out, the episode goes live and she messages me and asks me if she can give me a call. She calls me. I'm still at my corporate job at the time. And she's like, Hey, I just wanted to know what you, what did you do to this episode? I'm getting so many messages and I'm like, well, you have 150,000 followers. So it's probably your followers and that thing that you posted that I gave you. She's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I launched a podcast six months ago and I don't, or six weeks ago, I, I don't even get this type of reaction. What did you do? And she tells me what, and I said, well, I haven't even seen your podcast. What did? where is it? She tells me what her podcast is. I look it up and I'm like, oh, well you did it wrong. Most people can't even see it. She's like, what do you mean? I did it wrong. I've been asking around for six months and I'm like, well, it's this, this, and this, and she's like, I don't have time for that. Do you think you could do it for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I take this over. Without this even being a career, a job, an idea, all I had was my own podcast. I was coaching and I had my corporate job. I take responsibility of just problem solving for someone. So I'm like, let me fix this for you. It was on the wrong platform. It had just been launched. You know, she just went based off of Google University, which you have to be careful, whatever someone had told her, and you have to be careful with those things. So I relaunched it for her, gave her the some new assets to go with the podcast. And she called me the next day and was like, I'm, we're charting in the top 40, what did you do? And I was like, I just did what I know how to do. And this is my favorite part because she's told this on stage before. She said, I've been trying to find somebody to do this for six months. You did it in six days, send me a bill. And I was like, okay. And I got off the phone and I sat there for 12 hours in front of PayPal because I didn't even have an LLC at the time. And I couldn't figure out what to bill her. And so Chris, I billed this woman a $250 invoice. And in the note section, I wrote, if this is too much, I understand. Because I was so scared that I was just doing someone a favor and I shouldn't be charged for it. And the next day I woke up and she paid me $1,250. And so I called her and she said, Hello? And I said, Hey, I was just calling. And she said, Calling to see if I made a mistake? Calling to see if I paid you too much? I was like, Yeah, I was just making sure. She said, No, I paid you what you were worth. You helped me solve a problem. You need to go do this for other people and don't ever charge a penny less.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jessica is the truth. (laughs) Um, She doesn't work for us. She won't do the work for us men. I'm going to be the first guy to try to like get her to help me with mine. So don't ask, because I'm going to be that dude to ask. But but, you know, what I love about that is it's twofold. One, obviously, first of all, Ronnie Brown. If y'all don't know who Ronnie Brown is, just go look up. The woman is genius. Um, yeah. And she is the exact thing that Jessica talked about earlier. She stayed in her lane, her lane. while yeah. others might not be going that route, while other people might not be showing up the way she does. She shows up the way she likes to show up. And it mm-hmm. just all of a sudden paid off. Why? Because I think the the, the success you, you mentioned, it, and I'm, I love this line. I'm sw- I swear my post is delayed today. A less desirable version of you can lead to success. What I realized is also the consistent version of you also leads you to money. And she's very consistent in who she is and how she shows up. So, um, you know, you mentioned this and I, and I think one, she's very authentic. So she paid you what you're worth. But I think the other cool part is too, is that, um, that's a game changing moment for anybody. Somebody's willing to pay me for something that I did that I know how to do that changes people fundamentally. Like you mean to tell me I don't have to go out here to this job scramble eight hours in the office, two and a half hours back and forth between getting there and coming home and all these other things. And somebody was willing to pay me for something that I just kind of naturally knew how to do. Whoa. Okay. That's different. Right. Um, I think that's, that's awesome. So uh yes, I will be trying to figure out like, how do we become your male client? Cause I, I I'm trying to figure, <laughs> figure this podcast game out. Um, But you know, I, and there's a lot of other things that we can cover. We only, y'all we only covered the surface of who Jesse is. Let me, let me say this as we wrap up, Jessica. I, I, I am, um, I believe that, I mentioned this to you in the beginning, the blueprint is there. I think you have a blueprint that is, that, that deserves to be copied, <laughs> um, quite honestly. Um, because, um, it's exciting. I think it's infectious. I think the way you, way you showing up, I'm going to give you the last words here, Jessica. what? What would you like to share uh, to our audience um, that could be helpful? Doesn't matter whether it's a word of wisdom, a favorite quote that you live by, or just something that you want to have people take as the kind of their first step into really growing uh, their side business. I'll, I'll leave you with the last word.
1: One of my favorite things now that's just becoming so natural to understand is what got you here won't get you there. What what got you here will become a liability at scale. And that goes for both your personal and professional life. And I'll add this, one thing I learned for myself personally and some of you might be struggling with, I'll say it this way, you can't live one way by day and another by night and expect results. And I feel like those two things have rang true in both my personal and professional life. And they live cyclical on a cycle until I decide to break free of them all the time, all the time, but there's a beautiful silver lining in that. And I want to point this out for everybody that might be in the middle of a jump, what's going to get you there. You're not marrying. It's not this massive commitment. I think those of us that have gotten the degrees that were in the corporate roles that have married these versions of ourselves because we have the results, right? It's very logical. I got the degree, I got the job, I climbed my way up, I did right by everything. And now I'm married to this version of myself because this is the version of myself that keeps the hamster wheel going. But you're so afraid that this idea that you have might not be the thing that leads you to the next level of success. I'm too afraid to commit to it. I'm too afraid to marry it. You don't have to to worry about that. One, God's not gonna put anything on your spirit that wasn't already created for you. We both know that. Two, just what gets you there won't won't be the thing that's gonna get you to the next level anyway. So the one thing that you might have on your mind right now, you might be like, I really wanna do this thing and it's a great idea and it feels good, but I don't feel like this could make me $300,000. I don't feel like this thing could pay me $20,000 a month. It might not. It might just be the thing that gets you there. That gets you out the job, that gets five, six, $7,000 in the house a month. And then you do that and because you took that leap of faith and you did that and you built your network off of that. You then go, wait a minute, I see a gap here. Oh, this is getting good. Cause I I always joke and say this, the nerve that I be having, I feel like all the time, I'm in a corner. I'm like in a corner, like if you were like a child and you're put in a corner, like timeout. And I'm always in the corner, like, this is the thing. I'm gonna do it this way. Like God's got my back, blah, 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 blah. And then when I go fully into it, I feel like God always like taps me on the back and he's like, you good now? You can turn around. I actually have the entire football field. So when you get out of this corner that you put yourself in, I actually have all of this for you. So, what got you here won't get you there. And that's not a bad thing. You got to be a little delusional and trust a little bit that you might can leap off of this and trust that that is just the beginning of a very long, great, trustworthy journey for you of all the things that are in store for you for what you were created for. But that doesn't have to be the thing that you marry.
0: Man, listen. Jessica, you are you are a gem. For those of you who are watching in the Side Business Builders group, y'all know how we like to do: leave the comments, share what stood out to you. Why did you like this? What, what, what? But more importantly, y'all know how I am now. Uh, what are you going to do with this? Because listen, I could just sit here and have this conversation. By the way, I didn't have to let you into this conversation. Me and Jessica <laughs> had this conversation on the side, right? But <laughs> I decided to put it on the show, right? What are you gonna go do with what you just learned, right? Um, I want you to go follow her. All of her social media information will be down in the description below. Uh, Make sure that you follow her. Make sure that you let her know, hey, I heard you. Oh, wanna grow your side business podcast. And uh, here's what stood out to me, right? Like let her know uh, because leaders need love too, right? Who's holding leaders' arms up? A lot of times that's not always happening. They like to know that, hey, I'm giving value and I'm delivering uh, on my word, right? And I think she delivered more than enough. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for listening. And I cannot wait to see you in the very next episode. Take care and we'll catch you guys later. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of, Of others just like you probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are well listen i decided to create a community that's right i have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us it is called successfully discontent go to successfullydiscontent.com right now it's free it's a free newsletter you'll get it every single week tips tricks strategies Information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this, and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple.